The Flowering Stigma, brought to you by the CEU Microbiology Society, school year 2021-2022. Hello and welcome to the fourth season of the Deflowering Stigma, a series of podcasts brought to you by the CEU Microbiology Society. In this season, our tagline is, Order Up, We Are Now Serving Microbes. Our discussion is going to be all about food and water core diseases. For today's episode, we will be discussing leptospirosis. Again, we would like to welcome you to our fourth season of The Flowering Stigma. I am Julia Lim. And I am Gillian M. Ramos. And we will be your host for this season. We would like to introduce our speaker for today's episode. Sir Michael John Desela, welcome po again, and the floor is yours po. Hello, good day. It's me again, Sir Michael, and I will once again try my best to provide brand new knowledge and additional information to our listeners with regards to our scheduled topic today for this episode. Thank you. So our um, discussion po today, na, sir, is leptospirosis. So first of all po, sir, what is leptospirosis? Yes, tama. Our scheduled topic is leptospirosis. So let me give you a brief introduction about what leptospirosis is. No? Leptospirosis is actually a disease caused by a bacteria. It is a rare bacterial infection caused by a bacteria, a spirochete bacteria known as leptospira interrogans. Okay? It is considered one of the most common zoonoses in the world, meaning it is a disease can be transmitted from animals to humans, no? That is zoonosis. And it's associated with a setting of poor sanitation and agricultural occupations involving contact with animals or contaminated water. Here we are again, no, with contaminated water. Humans usually acquire leptospirosis from animals. That's why we've mentioned zoonosis. It's spread through their urine, no? It's spread to their urine particularly from animals such as dogs, rodents, and farm animals, okay? These animals may not have any symptoms. They may look fine. They may look normal. But they can be silent carriers, okay? Sometimes we call them healthy carriers because they do not develop symptoms uh, of the disease, okay? In most cases, leptospirosis is an unpleasant feeling but not that life-threatening, okay? It's similar to a case of flu, and it rarely lasts for more than a week, okay? But to some extent, at about 10% of the time, to play it safe, no? when you have a severe or when you had a severe leptospirosis and then you get better, there is a chance, a probability that you will again get sick. But this time, it is the more severe uh, phase of leptospirosis. We call this the whale's disease, no? the whale's disease. This is the latent or the severe form of leptospirosis. And it can cause much, much serious illnesses. Okay? Much serious issues like chest pain, swollen arms and legs, and often requires hospitalization because it depends, because it can attack multiple organs. Okay? And the treatment management of those particular illness will depend on what organ is being infected because it can infect the brain, spinal cord, and even the liver. How does leptospirosis transmit to humans? Okay. 
So just like what I've mentioned, I've mentioned during the introduction, animals or rodents in particular usually become infected by either exposure to other wild infected animals, you know, they acquire the infection or the causative agent, the pathologic agent from another infected animal or sometimes by environmental contact with the bacteria itself. Animals then that transmits the, the infection to humans includes rats, skunks, possums, foxes, and raccoons. Afterwards, when in contact with an open wound, for example, the, the open wound will become the portal of entry, the bacteria can enter the human, or the, in particular, a susceptible host. No? It enters the body through open wounds, the eyes, mucous membranes. Commonly, we acquire this through flooded waters. Okay? A very common scenario will be someone who, let's say, for example, just went to a pedicure and unknowingly, that person acquired a small cut or a small wound on his or her toe no? while the pedicure is ongoing and was compelled to walk through flooded waters because he or she needs to pass through flooded waters to get through to his or her car. So not knowing anything, during that small walk on those flooded waters, that wound was able to provide the portal of entry for the organism that was floating around on flooded waters to enter the human body. Okay, so that is how humans or animals in particular transmit leptospirosis to humans. Kaya gipo sir, di ba kadalasan nga po, tinasabihan tayo pagbaha na mag-ingat nga daw po kasi may leptospirosis. And on the other hand naman yes, po, no, uh, what are the causes po of acquiring leptospirosis? Okay, the organism is carried by the animals we've mentioned earlier, no? And it lives in their kidneys, which means in essence, once the humans, once us humans acquire the infection, there is also the tendency for us to have hepatitis, no? uh, inflammation of our liver or our kidneys or nephritis. No? First, it begins in the soil. Okay? It ends up in soil and water to the urine, meaning those particular animals will either pee okay, in the soil or in flooded waters. And then that will carry the bacteria. It begins there, the transmission to humans. It carries the bacteria all over different places because you know what happens when it floods, right? So the flooded water can run through one uh, particular barangay or barrio to another, okay? If you're around soil or water areas where an infected animal has peed, okay, has urinated, the bacteria can invade your body through, just like what I mentioned, the breaks on your skin. No? The breaks on your skin, like scratches, open wounds, or dry areas. It can also enter through your nose, mouth, or even your genitals. Okay? It is also, by the way, it is also not impossible to get it from another human, human-to-human transmission. transmission. Since leptospirosis can also sometimes be passed through sex or through breastfeeding since it can infect also the genitals. What is the process of the life cycle of the bacteria? In a nutshell, the leptospiral life cycle in, involves shedding of the bacteria from the urine of an infected animal. It 
persists, it persists in the ambient environment, and then it acquires a new host and a hematogenous dissemination to the kidneys, to the glomerulus, or peritubular capillaries. That's why it's possible to get in a severe severe uh, scenario or case of infection of tetrasperosis, it is not impossible to acquire hepatitis or nephritis, okay? So going back to the life cycle, the bacteria enters a host, okay? The bacteria enters a host via portals. I mentioned this, like damaged skins, mucous membranes, lungs, and conjunctival membranes, okay? They are not thought capable of penetrating undamaged skin. Meaning, meaning, if you uh let or if you walk through flooded waters, and you don't have any wound, and you don't dip your eyes or drink the flooded waters, for example, you wouldn't get the infection because there is no portal of entry, and the organism responsible for leptospirosis cannot break through undamaged skin. Okay, except where it has been water, okay, except when, it's, when it has been exposed to water and has swollen significantly, okay? There, you now have a damaged skin. Transfer to the portal requires the bacteria to be enveloped in water and so normally involves direct contact with urine or water, okay? Urine of the animal or water containing the bacteria in suspension. Entry via the lungs naman requires inhalation of aerosol droplets and not the bacteria alone. Leptospires cannot exist as spores. Spores, are you familiar with this because of our topic last episode, no? Or reactivate once desiccated in the natural environment. Now, once within the host's tissues, the pathogenic strains can reproduce as they are optimized for metabolism at body temperatures. Their survival depends on the lack of an effective host immune response. We've mentioned this last during our past episodes, patients that are considered to be immunocompromised, no? but they do not seem to cause an inflammatory reaction. And so in a host without adaptive immunity, ad adapted immunity, the chances of being able to establish a positive growth curve are high. In virulence chains, the bacteria are resistant to attack from the innate system or the innate immune system. And so they can develop rapidly. Until, until then, it comes a time when the adaptive immune system has a change to select and replicate a cognate antibody. Okay? Saprophytes and the pathogens that are less virulent seem to be easily targeted by the innate immune system. And so they are easily eliminated. What are the effects naman po of acquiring leptospirosis? Okay, effects of acquiring leptospirosis. The signs and symptoms, let's begin with the signs and symptoms. The signs and symptoms of leptospirosis usually appear suddenly, about 5 to 14 days. However, the incubation period of the disease can range from 2 to 30 days. Okay, it is a long range. This is according to the Centers for Disease Control, CDC. Okay? Symptoms also includes fever, no? fever, chills, just like the flu, cough, diarrhea, vomiting, headache, muscle pain, rash, or irritated eyes if the bacteria is, uh, if the bacteria's portal of entry is through the conjunctiva, okay? And later on, may develop to jaundice, okay? Most people recover within a week with the appropriate treatment management. However, 
However, if it is left untreated, it may develop to the severe stage or to whales. Signs and symptoms of the severe leptospirosis or whales disease will appear a few days after the mild, uh, mild case of leptospirosis. Symptoms have disappeared. Okay? The severe case of leptospirosis will have clinical manifestations based on what organ has been severely infected, which may lead to liver failure if it is the liver, respiratory distress if it is the lungs, and meningitis. Okay? All of which may be fatal. How can we prevent leptospirosis? Okay. The prevention of leptospirosis is actually quite straightforward. No? So we have two variables involved here, the animal and us, the persons, okay? the host or the possible host. There are studies that show that dogs can also transmit leptospirosis. Okay? We are very clinged to the idea that only rats here in the Philippines, no? only rats can transmit leptospirosis, but that is actually not uh, not true. There are studies shown that even house pets can transmit leptospirosis. So we need to focus not only on eradication of wild rats, no, but also taking care of our pet animals. So we need to make sure that they are not exposed to any sketchy environment like uh, sketchy soils or flooded water so that they will not acquire the bacteria and will not cause infection in case that they accidentally feed on something at our place or at our home. And then we have personal care. Let's make sure that as much as possible, we do not go through flooded waters. And if we are dired to do so, let's make sure that we are properly protected or at least that we do not have any wounds that will provide a portal of entry for the organism to infect us. Okay? It is all about awareness of the environment. And we need to protect both our pets and ourselves when it comes to the disease leptospirosis. Thank you, Sir Michael, for that well-explained discussion about leptospirosis. And so, listeners, that is all for today's episode. Next week, our topic is about harmful algal bloom, which is caused by Alexandrium catenella. Uh, that's also caused paralytic shellfish poisoning. If you would like to know more about this event, and receive updates of our coming episodes, please like us on Facebook page, CEU Microbiology Society, and follow us on Instagram at CEUMS. Thanks for listening, mga kamicro. And always remember, may it be macro or micro, every single detail is worth focusing on. Bye-bye! Bye-bye.